Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Wealth Builders podcast. I'm Karen Conrad, the Vice President of Wealth Builders, and I'm so privileged that you joined us and tuned in today. I think I've got a special message that's going to really help many of you during this season. We're going to be talking today about the Blue Ocean Strategy. But before I get started, I just want to welcome you and let you know how excited we are that we've got the Wealth Builders Conference coming up this weekend. It actually starts tomorrow, February 18th through the 20th. So if you've already signed up, come and say hi and let us know you have been listening to the podcast. And if you've not yet signed up, but you're interested in it, it's not too late. We still have a few tickets left in person. And to register, go to wealthbuilders.org events and you can uh, get your tickets. And if you want to watch us via live stream, we just added the live stream and that's become available for you. You can watch it throughout the entire weekend. We'll actually have a separate set to talk to you of access to speakers with special interviews. And I think one of the best things about this is that Billy and Becky have made it available for three weeks after the actual conference for you so that if you're not able to you know, stay at your computer throughout the weekend, no worries at all. You can just watch the sessions for the next three weeks. We have Lance Wall now joining us and his beautiful wife, Annabelle, good friend of ours, Billy is going to be teaching a lot at this conference. He's got some things that are really stirring in his heart. Uh, Billy and Becky's son, Brandt, is going to be teaching at the conference. Uh, Dave and I are teaching. Uh, Bill Bronchek, you know, all the people that you are used to hearing are going to be there in person. So we hope that you join us. And it's just one of the things that we do at Wealth Builders that help uh, you and I with making sense of making money for making a difference. All right, Blue Ocean Strategy, our topic for today. This is based on a Harvard Business Review article, which is how I just got introduced to it. It's a class that I teach at Karis Business School. It's one of the favorites of the students. And really, as an entrepreneur, as an aspiring entrepreneur, somebody that leads a team, uh, maybe you have a business idea, this is one of those teachings that kind of can change your life. And I know that sounds like, what? Change my life? It changes the way you think. And the word of God tells us, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So when you look around and you think, gosh, I'd like to do better in this area, maybe you feel like your business has you know, hit a stagnant point, or maybe your margins are getting tighter and you're trying to figure out a way to increase those margins, but yet increase the value that you're giving to your customers. This is a strategy that will help you. I actually love to teach kids and grandkids about this as well. You know, in the world that we live in with all that's going on around us politically, uh, with the pandemic, I mean, we have to think different. We have to come up with ways to be creative. And when you look at the organizations and businesses that took what was 
really given to us in, you know, not by, we didn't try to have a pandemic, right? But sometimes just what's going on around, we, we have to be able to shift. We have to be able to do something different that meets the needs that change quickly. And when you train yourself, you train your children, your grandchildren, how to think innovatively, which the blue ocean strategy is, it really helps that as difficult things come or unexpected things come our way, we're not thrown off by it. We're not stunned and you know feel like, oh my goodness, what's going to happen now? It can actually inspire you to say, all right, there's a different way to think about this. At a time where our children and grandchildren are taught to have a victim mentality, this is one of those strategies that really enforces a victor mentality. One of the things that the enemy tries to do is take away our our, um, excitement for things, our passion for things, our hope for the future. And that, that is done through fear, you know, through trying to do things that causes us to think that that we can't be successful, even though God's word clearly says that we're successful and it's not dependent upon uh, the economy. It's not dependent upon the political scene. Um, But this is one of those strategies that helps you always think that there is a way, amen? Because there is, there's always a way. And when we tie into this way of thinking, we engage the Holy Spirit in helping us to navigate through innovation. The blue ocean strategy is something that you will use over and over and over again in your life. It's not a one and done. There's a lot of businesses that definitely were formed through a blue ocean strategy. But as you watch them, you see that there is another like rendition of it. There's another chapter of it. There's another way to pivot and to keep growing. So again, this is a a way for you and I with our families, our employees, our coworkers, the people around us to find a way to bring results in a way that basically eliminates uh, eliminates the competition. So hopefully I have your attention with that. So Blue Ocean Strategy creates an uncontested market space where the competition is irrelevant. How do we compete in an effective way that brings results? You know, we just had a really great discussion this morning on digital marketing and digital advertising. Uh, I had my team meeting this morning and with all the algorithm changes, with all the privacy settings that are happening, um, with really, I would say the culture kind of coming against Christianity, do you know it's become extremely difficult to advertise on the social media platforms the way that we used to. For example, I used to, for a Wealth Builders Conference, put in a keyword, Lance Walnow, because Lance is a speaker. Do you know now, if I put in his name, nothing comes up? Same thing even with Andrew Womack. I mean, that was a way that Dave Ramsey, you know, (laughs) whoever that might be, the people that follow those platforms were good fits for Wealth Builders. And you could even look at you know, with home renovation or real estate, it might be HGTV or bigger pockets or whatever that might be. Well, now the, the amount of like audiences 
that you can put into your advertising is limited. So anyway, we were just talking about it and started out a little discouraged, like, well, how are we going to reach our audience? How are we going to find the people that we know would be a good match? And then we just kind of realized, you know what? There's always a way to do it. So even though this has changed and there's no clear answer, if we seek God and we start to get creative with how can we meet these goals, objectives, reach the people that we want to help in a way when the system, the world system is locking it down, it just naturally leads you to we're going to figure it out. Another example really quick is in real estate. We were just talking last week about how if you're in real estate investing, maybe you have used an investor loan through Freddie and Fannie, the conventional mortgage, or maybe you have purchased second homes. Do you know those loan programs, the way that we've known them are going away? So all at once, it's not the way that we used to be able to get loans. All at once, it might look like, well, my gosh, I don't think I can buy investment properties anymore because the way I used to do it isn't working. It's, it's, it's closed off. Well, this is another thing. We were just saying, you know what? The market always, someone in the market is always going to find a need that is being unmet or innovate into meeting a need. And there will be a solution that comes out of that industry to meet the demands of the market in this area. That's a blue ocean. When you start to understand what a blue ocean strategy is, you look around and you see them all around you. Here's another exciting thing about blue ocean strategy. Most of the time, it comes out of the industry that you are already in. So if you're called to an industry and it seems like things are drying up or you're going to have to figure out a different way, blue oceans come out of that industry. Isn't that great? I'll be able to share all sorts of examples with you, as many as I can during this time. But I just want to pique your interest that there is a way for you to lower costs with the blue ocean, increase buyer value, and really then what's the result? handsome profits by meeting the needs of people. So here we go, blue ocean strategy. How do I apply the blue ocean strategy? I've given you an idea of what it is, but how does it work? Well, first of all, never use the competition as a benchmark. Instead, make the competition irrelevant by providing a leap in value and reducing costs. You know, one of the classic examples of a blue ocean strategy is the Model T. Henry Ford, hopefully I'll get this quote right. He said that if he would have asked people um, how to increase the speed, something like that of transportation, they would have said, get faster horses or maybe get more horses. And he was making the point that if you just look around as to what you know, it's going to always be, you have to do more. You have to do more technology. You have to lower your price more. And he had a way to approach it that actually made uh, vehicles something that everyday people could access. And you know, it changed the world forever. So the logic behind a blue ocean is that it goes against what most of us would expect. Again, it's not just about technology. 
often the underlying technology is already in place. It just needs to be linked to buyer value and lower costs. So with the Model T, you can study much more about this. Uh, it's really interesting actually, but there were vehicles or there were cars that existed. So it wasn't that the Model T was a brand new technology. There was cars out there working. The problem was they were breaking down and they were very expensive. So most people couldn't afford them. And a lot of the reason for that is because they were using unique parts to that vehicle. So what, um, what Henry Ford did is he created a consistency with the parts so that the Model T was on the assembly line, which reduced the cost if you had to replace a part. It lowered the cost of actually making the vehicles to make them attainable. And the technology was not applied so much in the way that the car worked. The technology was applied in the way of thinking to how to put the vehicles together. Another example that we all use, and actually last night, Dave and I flew in really late. We landed at about 12.30 p.m. at night in the airport. And you know what? We didn't even think about a taxi. We just called Uber or we just got on the app for Uber. Do you know that Uber did not exist, you know, not very, very many years ago? And yet it's such a normal part of our life right now. And we wouldn't think of actually calling and getting a taxi. The Uber came out of the taxi industry. But when you think about it, it's not like it required new technology because the cars were in place, but it lowered the costs using people's vehicles the company didn't have to buy the vehicles. It was vehicles that people already owned, right? And then using what I like to call the Airbnb model and uh, providing that service out of the taxi industry and applying it in a new way. The Airbnb industry is another great example. That did not exist several years ago. When I went on vacation, as a kid, a teenager, even in my early 20s, there was no such thing as an Airbnb. You stayed at a hotel or a resort. And here's one that personally really helped me a lot when you think about the dog kennel industry. So we used to bring Bolo, our little Bashan, that was, um, he lived till he was 17 years old. So you can imagine he was a really big part of our family. We got Bolo, not to digress here, but we got him when we was five years old. So that can tell you like how important this little dog was in our life. Well, anyway, every time that I would go out of town or on vacation or on a business trip, I would have to bring Bolo to a kennel, which was not a good situation. He was panicky. He was, uh, you know, crying when he, he's like, they know that you're going there, right? These dogs have a sense. And then when I picked him up, it was um, like two days. He was just not himself. Well, all at once, I discovered this doggy vacay. It was like, what? You could drop the dog off. I could drop Bolo off at a home. He had little friends there, other pets. It was people that love pets. And you know what? I'd sit on the beach and I would get a text with this little picture of Bolo out to walk with his friends. And I'm telling you, it was like an amazing solution for me. And I'm just one person. So I could go on and on with these examples, but they're everywhere. 
And so you and I can relook at our industry. We can relook at things that maybe seem impossible through the eyes of a blue ocean strategy. All right, let's talk about red ocean for a moment. If we've got the blue ocean that we know we can basically make the competition irrelevant, right? We're not focused on the competition. We're focused on finding a solution and innovation to help people. Well, conversely, a red ocean strategy tries to beat the current market in an already crowded space. Why is a red ocean possibly not a good place to compete? Well, with the advance of technology, the removal of trade barriers and people's decision-making becoming more price-focused, differentiating brands has become harder and harder. And the result is fierce competition and tighter margins. You know, I talk to business owners and entrepreneurs really all over the world. And one of the biggest challenges they have is that their business will be going really well. And then someone comes into their marketplace and starts taking market share and they don't know how to pivot. They don't know how to respond to that. And so they're just seeing their business uh, dwindling. I think another example of this would be, if you remember the, the drug stores when we grew up in small towns, you had the small town drug stores. Well, when Walmart came in with their model, it would take the drug stores out. They would have to close because they couldn't compete on price, maybe hours, flexibility, you can get your groceries or whatever else while you're there. And here, this industry of small town drug stores was at risk because the competition came in. Now, I haven't thought about that to see how maybe some survived or how they could survive with the blue ocean. But when we are thinking innovatively and always looking for a better way to do things outside of the normal of technology and reducing price, we are going to really establish a pathway for us to continue to grow and to leave a legacy of success in our business. So let's just go through a few things here that compares a red ocean versus a blue ocean. A red ocean competes in an existing market space. A blue ocean creates uncontested market space. Red ocean must beat the competition. Blue ocean makes competition irrelevant. Red ocean exploits existing demand. Blue Ocean creates and captures new demand. All right, let me just give you an example of this. When uh, McDonald's came on the market as a fast food uh, giant, and they still are, then there came, uh, at least in the area I was, Hardee's. And then there was Burger King. I remember when we got a Burger King in Mankato, it was a really big deal. And they had onion rings. Some of you will know what I'm talking about. They kind of came in with something different. Well, there was a lot of fast food chains. You had uh, A&W drive-thrus and things. And one thing that they all had in common is you could probably say, at least initially, that their food was not great for you, right? High fat but it was fast and it was kind of a phenomenon, you know, those French fries and shakes and things like that. So if someone said, hey, I'm going to come out with another fast food chain, you know, Wendy's came on the market, it would be like, really, we need another fast food chain. 
but here comes Subway and they didn't go in and try to compete against the existing menu of like a Burger King or a McDonald's. No, what they did is they looked at the market and they out of the existing industry created Subway that have a differentiation. They raised the value of making it more healthy, more fresh, right? The subs, you can make the way you want it. So it was definitely, it's definitely a fast food chain, but out of that, they found a niche and a way to meet customer demand that the others didn't know was there. Now, quickly after that, they came out with salads and things like that at the other places. But Subway to me is really the one that came out of that industry and created a blue ocean. I'm gonna give you another example to help you think about this toothpaste. Boy, when I go to buy toothpaste, I can't believe how many different types of toothpaste. You know, you've got Colgate, you've got Crest, and they each have, I don't know, probably 20 different ways to do toothpaste. And at some point you just think, oh my gosh, like this is a whitener and uh, this as a super whitener. Well, that would be one of those industries that if you told me that you wanted to come out with a new toothpaste, I would probably shake my head, except a Tom's Organic looked at the industry and they did something similar to Subway, created the blue ocean with organic toothpaste or non-fluoride toothpaste. You see how out of that industry, they birthed something that met the needs of people that they maybe didn't even know they had. So you can even look at laundry detergent. You know, um, there, there's every, every industry has got the example of a blue ocean. So my question to you is in your industry, what is your blue ocean? What is the idea that you and Holy Spirit can get together with and come out of that industry, bringing something of value that is going to improve people's lives, yet bring the cost down, value up, and improve your profits? So two more differentiations on the red ocean versus blue ocean. Red ocean, make, you make the value cost trade-off. The blue ocean, you break the value cost trade-off. And so that might need a little bit of explanation. Um, the red ocean, for you to lower the cost, you have to give up value, right? Uh, to maintain your margins. In a blue ocean, you break that. You actually bring the value of the product or service up, but you don't have to compromise on the cost. Um, so I don't know if I said that right. You bring the value up at the same cost. That might be a better way to say it. So um, anyway, so one makes the value cost trade up, one breaks it. And then finally, a differentiation with the red ocean is that you differentiate based on low cost, okay? A blue ocean, you differentiate on value, but you're able to keep that cost low. So again, going back to a couple of the examples that I shared with you earlier in the podcast, if we think about Airbnbs, Think about that. The value went up. People are in a home. They're in a relaxed environment. 
they're, they're just getting a high value, but you know what? I didn't have to go out with my Airbnb. I didn't have to go out and build a $20 million hotel. I don't have to have a staff of people to do things. I mean, it's just a different way of thinking when you find the core need that people have and think about how can I deliver it in a new way. All right, so um, I wanna encourage you, if this topic is of interest to you, you can go to wealthbuilders.org and there will be a, in the blogs, you can click on it and there'll be a download to give you some of this information. But also this course is out on Wealth Builders University, wbuniversity.online. You can get the full PowerPoint. It's video teaching uh, and it will really help you to apply this. I also bring into that the scientific method to help you test these blue ocean ideas. And I'll tell you, it's the best deal in town. Wealth Builders University, we have got dozens of courses out there. Uh, $29 a month or just $299 on an annual basis. You have access to all the real estate courses. Uh, you've got investment, business, entrepreneurial. It's amazing. Billy's got a ton of courses out there. And then you also get to be part of the mastermind, which is a monthly call that is live with one of the teachers and speakers and it's two-way communication. We take questions and uh, just choose different topics of people in their area of expertise. So anyway, that's how you can get connected with more information on the red ocean versus the blue ocean. So I wanna finish with a story of how I was able to apply this in one of my businesses. And uh, it was like super simple, but it will take you through a way of kind of logically finding the steps to find your blue ocean. So I owned a home staging company in Colorado. I had no experience at all, but I really knew that I was supposed to go into home staging. And so I started to research the competition and I quickly came to the conclusion that Colorado Springs really did not need another home stager, okay? It wasn't like there was a scarcity of home stagers. So that was a little discouraging, but yet at the same time, um, it really allowed me to dig in deeper to find a way to provide value that maybe other people were missing. And so one of the things that I did is I studied the industry and I saw that uh, most cases, in almost every case actually, people were charging the homeowner or the seller for the time that the staging furniture was in their house. And so um, if, if my house was on the market and didn't sell for six months, my home staging costs me more money every month. Well, that kind of works opposite, right? Because if I'm a home stager, I'm there to help you sell your house fast and you shouldn't be penalized if I haven't done a good job doing that. So I just looked at that and kind of changed the pricing strategy. And I made it where if you hired me to stage your home, I had packages and fixed prices. And then I would keep that furniture in basically as long as it took to sell it, which generally was not very long at all. Uh, but in that, I actually delivered more value and I aligned up that if, if I did a good job for you, I still got paid the same amount, 
the customer is happy because I brought value to them. However, if I did a bad job, I'm not going to penalize you by charging you every month and making it more expensive for you because your house isn't selling. One more thing that I'll share on that too is I also saw that there was a, a way to price it that I could get 50% up front, but I wouldn't need anything more till closing, which really helped people because that that when you're selling your house, usually your expenses are high and it's not a time that you want to dish out more money. So just with those two strategies, redoing the pricing in the way that it was done, I got a lot of business and chances to do business and establish myself because of that. And then my home staging could speak for itself. So just an example, not rocket science here, but a logical way to analyze your industry to see where the opportunity is. So thank you so much for joining me today. We're just so blessed that you tune in every week. And again, I want to encourage you to join us this weekend at the Wealth Builders Conference. Go to wealthbuilders.org, click on events and come and say hi. Send us questions. We love to hear from you. So thank you so much. I'm just believing that there is all these blue oceans that are going to be coming out of your industry as a result of this podcast. Thank you so much. God bless you. And we'll see you soon.